Castillo. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode 45 of the Flight Deck Podcast. As always, this is your host, TK, joined by my guys, Mr. Omari Brown and Mr. Matthew Freeze. Fellas, how you holding up after that embarrassing game? Man, this is life as a Jets fan in this last decade, man. Luckily, I don't have any hair because all of it would be gone. But you know how it is, man. Looking forward to the offseason in the middle of the season. This is, this is something that uh, fans are used to, but it's not right. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I had the not-so-privilege of being at the game, so I kind of saw the ass-whooping firsthand. Uh, wasn't, you know, wasn't a good time, and, and I'm glad I left when I did because I got home a little faster considering the traffic would have been significantly worse had I stayed the whole game. So, you know, we was all talking back and forth. I was at a, I found a bar down here in uh, Houston that I can go to and, you know, they'll turn right to the Jets game for me. And, you know, the last time I was there was for the, the Titans game, and I sat there and it ran up a nice tab, just, you know, drinking and enjoying the game, you know, all the way through. Let me just say I closed my tab mid-second quarter and left. I, it, I knew what it was. I was done. I don't, but, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. It was horrible. But, yeah. So, you know, that's that that's where we are right now, man. So, since, since we talked about that game, we, we might as well get into it. So, I'll let you start us off. Uh, honestly, I think that that was one of the most pathetic performances that I've seen as a Jets fan in a very long time. And I've seen some bad games. Uh, the Bronco game this year was bad. Uh, what other game was horrible? Even the first half of Carolina looked really bad. The 52 burger game. The 52 the burger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, and yeah, I've played on some bad teams in my, in my career. I remember, you know, high school and even college, you know, my freshman year, we were pretty bad. And, you know, I'm always able to sit through games and make it through games and watch film and stuff like that. I can't watch, especially when I have Sundays free. Like, there's no – I just can't spend my Sundays watching Jets football anymore. And and you and you guys know, I talk to you guys a lot, and we all, you know, share in the chat. Sometimes it's like, hey, you know what, we're not a good team, but we do have some rookies. Even with the rookies playing, it's just – it's like I just – like, if you have a family, <laughs> if you have kids – don't waste your time watching the Jets. Like, like it's pathetic. Um, and, and that's just the team and the organization, the media. I'm so annoyed and I'm so tired of the media from Mike Greenberg. And I, and I, and I understand that these guys are on TV every day and they have to, they have to create content and everything like that. But I feel like they exacerbate what, what's going on and how Jets fans feel. They just throw kerosene on the fire. You got him complaining about everything. Zach Wilson obviously isn't healthy. And then Mike White has a great game. And now everybody's talking about Mike White being the, the second coming. And now we're going to get into it a little later. They, they announced that Mike White isn't even going to be starting anymore. It's just the more things change, the more things stay the same. It's just we thought that the, that, that the offense was going to be carrying the defense, but the defense played really well. But now everybody's shocked and everybody's getting on Salah as if this team that wasn't really talented to begin with is playing poorly. This team wasn't going to be a good team with Carl Lawson, with Marcus May, with a healthy Jerry Davis, with a healthy LaMarcus Joyner. What do you think this team is going to look like without them? 
if the defensive line doesn't get to the quarterback, this Jets team does not have a chance. They're going to give up 40 points to even to some of the most mediocre teams if the defense doesn't get home, the defensive line specifically. And guess what? Teams are not going to allow the defensive line to beat them anymore. Haven't y'all noticed since that since that time, since that Tennessee game when they got the seven sacks and, and the double-digit QB hits that teams have just been running the quick game and running screens against them the entire time? Oh it's, it's, it's so simple to beat the Jets now. It is so simple to beat the Jets. And it's just, it's it's tough to watch, man. It's it's really uh, tough to watch. So to put this, put how pathetic this has been in perspective, when I, like, I'm a grown up now. I work a nine to five, like, you know, vast majority of people, um, 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. When I was younger, I used to make sure I get off Sundays to watch the game. I would be requesting to work on Sundays because the Jets are that much of an embarrassment. And it's like, we all knew, and, and first and foremost, they have two wins, which is more than they had at this point last year, and two very decisive wins, especially against an eight and two Titans team and a Bengals team that has fallen off, but they do have a big win against the Ravens. But I mean, beyond that, it, it's, it, it's so hard to watch. And like, I left, I, I, I was at the game and I was looking at my brother and I was like, listen, if they put up one more touchdown, first of all, we threw the pick. And then I was like, if they score one more touchdown, I think we got to go. They were free tickets, so I didn't lose any money on it. But, like, you know it's bad because normally I can at least stick through it. Normally, I'll, like, if I was home, I'd probably finish out watching the game or just listening to it in the background and trying to keep myself busy. But I couldn't stay at the game, and they were free tickets. It was just – it was such a pathetic performance. Giving up 175 points in the last four games cumulatively, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. For perspective, I think the stat was the Baltimore Ravens gave up 160 points cumulatively in, two, in the year 2000 across 16 games. The Jets gave up 15 more points in a four-game stretch. It's pathetic. Now, to your point, yes, if the defensive line doesn't get home, we're screwed. Granted, I, I saw another stat, and unfortunately, I, I look at a lot of stats, and I, I see a lot, I come across a lot, you know, a lot of them. Bryce Huff hasn't played in the last three games. When Bryce Huff plays, we have a, a roughly 13.7 pressures per game. Without him playing, we're half that. So, I mean, take that for what you will. I know Bryce Huff isn't really necessarily a three-down, you know, defensive end, outside linebacker, edge rusher. But, like, the, the defense is better with him because he does get home. He does force, you know, the quarterback to step up into the pocket and essentially walk into, you know, Quinn and Williams or, or whomever. But that's not an excuse. That's just, you know, that's just what it is. But, no, when, getting back to the game, it was just overall a pathetic performance. And and it's sad, too, because it was – seven. what was it, 17-3 to three going in the half? Yeah. Yeah, and it was actually it was it was it was, it was, it was, it was ten. No, dude, it was ten three. Remember, we were saying that. If I said no, no, they have to score three, right. and then we said they're going to score before the end of the the the, the, the half. And, and, and yeah, and then I said, and then they're going to come out and score, and then it's going to be twenty four to three. And then this game yeah. is completely over. And then we throw a pick on our first thing, and then next thing you know, it's thirty one to three. And by the time I got to my car, it was thirty eight to three. And by the time I got home, it was forty five to I think seventeen. Is that the final score? So it was just overall, it was just a pathetic performance. No one, that first half, you know, I really thought we were at least going to put up a fight. Maybe offensive, offensively, we we're going to struggle because the Bills do have a very good uh, defense. But there was just, they, they, they just came out flat. I mean, you get, they got the brakes beat off of them, no pun intended, you know, in every phase of the game. And it, it is what it is. And you know what doesn't help too? Is when you go out there and on your first three drives, you get penalties that stunt your offense's ability to even move the ball. Holding call, holding call, false start. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. And, and to, to think that they were going to be any better than what we saw on Sunday would, would be a, a stark overstatement by any fan. So, 
<sighs> Listen, man, I I can deal with you know bad play if if you really out there you know doing your best and, and really putting forth that effort. But when you have already bad play and you compound it with undisciplined play and just stupid repeated penalties that that what that is what makes it just unwatchable for me you know like they they look so undisciplined on defense man and you know you look at how the season started um the defense played well the first five games six games you know overall um they they played hard they played with fight made plays you know they showed the ability to tackle and and all of that while the offense sputtered and struggled and just was playing embarrassing. And then as soon as the offense shows life, the defense dies. And I, that's just, that's just the the, the most Jets thing that could happen. That, you know, um, a lot of it. Yeah. But a lot of it is, I think it's I think it's poor I think it's poor coaching too. I think it's poor preparation as well too. Why is Stefan Diggs being covered by anybody but Bryce Huff? Why is you know and I and you guys jump in whenever you whenever you want to jump in. Like I want this to be open discussion. Why number one, why is Stefan Diggs not being double covered? Number two, why is Brandon Eccles covering Stefan Diggs? Number two B, why is Javelin Gidry covering Stephon Diggs. And you I'm know. not mad at I'm not mad at Javelin Goodry. You know, I'm not even dog. mad at I'm not even mad at Brandon. I'm not mad at the secondary at all. I'm really it's not like they're they're all young. The oldest person in the secondary is Ashton Davis. And he's in his second year. Oh, I know one of the backups, right? Uh who's who's the who's the backup that came in for May? I I missed who's the Andrew, other safety. Is it Neesman? Is it Sharon Neesman? It's Wilson. Yeah, it, it's one of those guys. But either way, they, they, they're, there's clearly – I think the elder statesman in the secondary is Bryce, is, uh, Bryce Hall and Ashton Davis. And so the one thing with it is also – Salah was asked about, like, what, like what's – they don't play the, the quote-unquote Revis position where Revis just follows the best wide receiver. Like, Stephon Diggs, like, you got to do it. Like, Bryce Hall is our best corner. If he's who he says he is, and, and we do believe he can be a one – Based on the play he's he's had for the for the better part of the season, he should be following Stephon Diggs. There's no excuse for that. Now, like you said, or he I'm should be bracketed. Well, of, of course, but like I'm just saying, if 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 first of all, if you're gonna send the heat or anything like that, like they did, I think it was third and goal from like or third and like ten from like the 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 eleven or eleven, and they sent the the effing blitz and they just ran the little fade route again. Like that they ran, off, but it, it, because they went back to it, like it was like they, they they weren't even afraid. They went back to it. They ran the same play, the same play. That that's what got me. Like they saw you know, okay, well, they go they gonna keep him over there, Stefan. So guess what? We gonna make you pay for it. Exactly, and yeah, I, that that was just crazy to me. Um, I think that they're going to have to adjust. I think they're going to have to start giving these DNs a little bit more responsibility because these guys are just flying up the field, just trying to get to the pass rusher. And the running lanes, man, the running lanes. I mean, we got they, – they got gashed in Indianapolis. I'm surprised Buffalo didn't do that more. Like, And, and Buffalo relies uh, – j- just a quick side note, Buffalo relies on Josh Allen a lot. Like, he – 
he's like the James Harden for them. Like his usage rate is so high, but the running lanes, man, it's like none of the linebackers know, like they just take bad routes. Jared Davis on the wheel route was horrible. Did, did y'all see that? And uh, that when, and bad, when the, and like, and when the hell are they going to get, are they going to be at a different level? Haven't y'all noticed that when they like teams beat them so much in bunch coverage or whenever there's bunch or like trips to a side, because all the Jets DBs are on the same level. So they run into each other all the time. Yeah. I was screaming. It's, I was screaming. I wanted it's to play. Mind blowing. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. They were all literally even, even to each other on a, on a trips to the right. And I was like, are, are you kidding? Because I really, I was screaming at the game. I was like, that's an effing pick play. Like, you can't do that. And then I watched the replay. I'm like, oh, never mind. They just, they just fall over each other's legs. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. They can't cover a screen. They can't cover bunch formations for crap. They can't get into the run lanes. CJ Mosley, I'm sorry. Like, I understand, like, he's had some really good games this year. But there was a wheel route where CJ just looked lost. He didn't see, see the, the running back come across and just didn't follow him. And it was wide open. I was like... You just can't like the Bills are too good of a team. There, there are too many good teams out there for you to be making these types of mistakes. Now I understand the defense is young outside of pretty much CJ Mosley. Like I totally get it, but like if it, uh, and all the blame can't fall on the defense, but like then it does come down to coaching. Like what what's going on here? Like you, you they 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 said in the preseason like this scheme's built for whoever. It's supposed to put the players in the best position to succeed. It's supposed to be easy to understand, but you know difficult concepts for the offense to understand. The offense of every team we've faced over the last four weeks has been able to figure this hard defense to understand from an offense perspective. They figured it out pretty damn easily. And it's just embarrassing. They're not good enough, guys. They're just really not. There's not enough talent. This is the, this is the NFL, man. This is the, the, the top 1% athletically. Like they're, like they're not. They're just not good enough. Watch, they come out this week and they shut us up. I mean, it's against Miami. They're, they're two and, what, two and six, two and seven? They should. Seven. They're, they're, seven. Coming off, they're coming off a big win against uh, the prodigal son, uh, uh, Lamar. Yeah, those Thursday night games are always a toss-up, though. Yeah, if we're being honest. I like, think Thursday night games are an abomination. I mean, I, I, like, I don't like Thursday night games. I, I mean, they, they don't – I mean, it only bothers me when, you know, when my team has to go Sunday to Thursday, but it's – yeah, it doesn't. Those Thursday night games, that's all just for money. I feel like I feel like Friday night games will probably be better. Gives the guys a little bit more rest. It, yeah, no, exactly. I, I think Friday night games would be better because you don't take away from college football on Saturday, but they still get the prime time of everyone coming home after a long week's work. You know, yeah. everyone just wants yeah. to sit down in front of their TV, eat their dinner with their family, and watch some football. So that would make more sense to me. But I mean, yeah, the only yeah the only time Thursday night games are good is if it's early in the season. Like the opener was great. And then if it's a divisional game, but because, you know, you always get up for a divisional game. But for the most part, those guys are still sore from the previous week. I don't know. I don't know. This, I mean, just kind of getting back to the game. I mean, I, I think every game this year, we've tried to find something positive to take out of it. And I think that there are a few positives and like, I don't feel like I'm trying to reach too far for them is, I mean, Michael Carter is just, every week proving that he is who we thought he were he was coming out because i think this was the fourth or fifth straight week he went for 80 plus all-purpose yards which i mean in the nfl that's pretty damn good because if you've seen our run game it's usually non-existent so the fact that he's getting 80 plus all-purpose yards it's great 
Elijah Moore, I obviously understand not the greatest game for the wide receivers as a whole. I think Corey Davis ended up having the most yards, like 90-something yards, but that was all in garbage time when no one actually cared. But Corey, uh, Elijah Moore, I think this is third straight game with a touchdown, four, four touchdowns overall in the last three weeks. So that's something to hang our head on, I guess. ABT, I know ABT. ABT, I know that the grades came out, and I, I'm done looking at PFF grades because they're baloney, um, and I can't actually measure it, you know, on you too, scale. So, I mean, ABT looked all right. He struggled in pass protection, but there were some plays where I was just like, I don't know how the hell he's blocking two people. I don't know how the hell he drove that guy into the sideline. So there's a couple positives to take out of here. But, I mean, it, it, it's just – it's hard to even hang your head on that because it's it's just such an embarrassing performance in front of your home crowd, which I think we're going on a stretch of a couple, what, three straight games at, at home? So it's like that's a real way to just tell your fans, hey, stay home because we don't we, we ain't going to perform the way that you, you think we can, especially at home. Well, you know, for me, man, um, seeing the way the AVT played Michael Carter, um, seeing the way that Elijah Moore is playing, Seeing the way that Michael Carter II is playing, it uh, I feel pretty good about it, man. It gives it gives me hope, even even in the the shittiest of losses that we've seen with Buffalo, with New England, you know, um, just seeing you know them play well in spite of everything else gives hope for the future. Like it 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 if Zach works out. This could end up being one of the best drafts ever that that we've had, but you know, man, um, I don't know, man. That that game was just really, really disheartening, and like that, what really got me. And I'm not even mad at Buffalo because I honestly would do the same thing, but they were way up. The game was way out of hand, and they just kept pushing the gas. This is this is professional football. Like they just rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, step, yeah, yeah. yeah step on their necks. At some point, I'm like, well, we'll see the backup come in. No, no. Uh, step and they on their like, necks. They was like, nah. Hell gonna, no. Break, gonna throttle break you. their will. Yeah. Embarrass you. Yeah, good. Rightfully so. Because and uh, and then while you're doing it, stare stare up uh, wherever Joe Douglas sits too. Because just so you know, just just in case you're thinking that you're bridging the gap or that you're closing the gap, you're not. You're still at the bottom of this division. That's where you're going to stay, under our boots. So that's what it just deserved to be. Beat the shit out of them. Because no, just break their damn will. And honestly, games like this, we've seen it the last, what, four weeks? Games like this break teams' wills. It really does. And the like, defensive will is already broken. But it makes it makes them think are the – and I, I don't want a controversy because I don't think there's a coaching controversy. I, all the idiots out there calling for Salah's head. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you expected in year no, one. It's, of, no, of, it's, of, it has nothing. The the only thing I don't like is that is that the defense looks lost. You you can't be a defensive guy and you know hang your hat on defense and your defense looks lost. That, so that, that's think, that, that's my only issue. So, do you think he should assume play calling duties? Do you think it's an Albrook thing? I don't think that. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that is. Yeah, I think that it's a lack of. I think. Yeah, it's a lack of talent and a lack of experience. That's all that it is. Okay, but at at some point you got to try something different. Even though it's a lack of talent, like you said, a lack of experience, you just can't keep doing the same thing. But what else? But what else could they have done on defense Saturday? Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. 
No, no, I was just going to say, maybe maybe the Jets defense should try just not getting off the bus because we'd probably play better. Like, honestly, it's just, it's just, it, it's embarrassing. And, and, and the thing is, is that I, I really don't, like, again, I think we all agreed that I think LaFleur called an okay game from the offense side. I really do. I think it was poor execution. I really do. I think Buffalo's defense is very good, and I think it was poor execution by the offense. Not to mention Corey Davis is just a buzzkill. Like, it, it is what it is. But – I think the, the, the same could be said for the defense. The calls weren't terrible. I mean, outside, I can't really point to a lot of calls and be like, I don't know why the hell they did that. Now, we can we critique, hey, Bryce Hall's not following Stephon Diggs and they're not bracketing him? Yeah, of course. But the overall play call itself, it looks like it's more of just an execution thing. It looks like a confusion thing. All these young guys don't know what the hell they're supposed to be doing. So that obviously that does come back to coaching, but it, it, it is also an execution thing. You work on it week in and week out. If you don't know what you're doing, speak up and ask a question. Like my whole life from, from, you know, pre-K to college, you got to, if you don't understand something, speak up and ask the question. So it, it, you know, you can't be, you can't, if you, you can't be expected or someone can't assume you don't understand something unless you tell them. So Get get with the program. I don't think there's an egregious call outside of that blitz on third and 10 from the 11 where I was like, like, what the hell is that play call? The Bills were just a better team, and the execution on defense wasn't good. Same thing I said with LaFleur on offense. I just think the execution was piss poor, and that's just what it was. I don't, I, I don't really – I don't want to point too many fingers, but if we're going to point – or if we're going to expect a change, I think the only change logically would be let Salah call the defense, and maybe, maybe that kind of proves that it is Ulbrich's quote-unquote fault, but – what, what I, I don't know. I mean, at some point you got to, you, you, you given him, you know, free reign, like you said, you were, you, you would do, and it's not working out. And it's not the fact that it's work, not working out. It's the fact that it's not working out in such an embarrassing fashion. And yes, you are the CEO. And sometimes the CEO has to make an executive decision and take over something himself to write the ship. Now, I hear you, Mario, when you say, you know, lack of talent and so on and so forth. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But at, at some point, even with the lack of talent, you have to do something to put them in place to at least make a play. And that's my point. I'm not seeing them even being put in the right situations. And that's with the play calling. Like, How are they not being put in the right situations, though, Ty? If, if you're the head coach and I'm the defensive coordinator, I call a cover three with a spy. You call a cover three with a spy. The same shit is going to happen. But who's to say we call them the same thing? That, that's my that's my point. Like, Solid may, may see something differently from Obert. You know, that's the whole thing. Everybody has a different personality. They're not monolithic on that team. So if you take a guy like Solid, who's – Brandon Butter has been exotic defenses and different things of that nature. He may see something differently and will react differently from what Obrick would. And that's my point. Like, we see how you adjust, you know, uh, Obrick. So let's see if, if Salah can do, do you one better. That's my whole point. Like, you at least have to try. You just can't say, you know, forget it and just keep doing the same old thing, game in and game out, getting your head bashed in. Because there's no adjustments made, there's no, you know, no anything. Just a repetitive piece of shit that's getting put out there. So, what harm is it going to do to to change? Okay. My my whole thing, I just think that you know, uh, you know, we're saying not not picking on Matt or anything, but even on even on the uh, the third down where, where they brought the house, what were they supposed to do? The defensive line wasn't even getting home. I didn't even did Quentin Williams play? Quentin Williams got a sack. 
I, I didn't. I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah, and then they had the the sack off the uh, uh, will, uh Adrian whatever had a sack. Yeah, off the, the fil- off yeah. The oh, yeah, he, 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 smacked, he smacked the hell out of but, him. But yeah. but they need they needed to scheme up the pressure. There wasn't they couldn't like we thought that coming into almost every game that they were going to get pressure just from a four man four man front because they have the talent to do that. Even without Lawson, they had that they've done it before in this season, and they just just wasn't there. And when you got a good quarterback like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs not getting bracketed, getting moved around the formation, and then on top of that, your best corner isn't covering him at all all points in time. I mean, what did we expect? Where where was John Franklin Myers? Funny enough, John Franklin Myers was uh, uh never mind. He was he was a top graded player. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't even notice that he played. Shit. I haven't noticed he, he's played he was... in like three weeks. Well, I haven't no he hasn't honestly I haven't noticed him since he signed that check. Well, he was he was uh creating quite a bit of pressure himself and had it not been for holding calls, he'd have probably had two sacks himself. Yeah. Okay. Well man, all right. No, no, he, he, showed up, he showed up. It, it wasn't okay. matter of him and, and Quinnin Quinnin had Quinnin was right there on I don't know, a couple of plays and he did get a sack. But I think I and we got our asses kicked, and we all agree on that. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm being making excuses. I don't want to sound like I'm bitching, but like I don't know what the I don't. I'm, you guys are watching, you know, on the TV. I was at the game, and I don't know what you guys. So I don't know what the TV cut out from. But like, how many times is a Jet quarterback going to get hit after the pl- after the whistle after the play, or, or or just low, you know, during the play? Like, how many times is that going to happen before they like throw a damn flag? I, I have no, I, no I don't clue. know if the TV caught it, but there no, was like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was five times where it was like a false star play, but I think it was like Ed Oliver kept playing for like ten seconds after they blew the whistle, and then hit the quarterback and sat and hit and and Mike White fell to the floor. Like, like, how many times are we going to allow that to happen? Like, I'm not trying to make it a Jets versus the refs type thing because we got our asses kicked, but like Zach Wilson against the Patriots, those two hits, both of them. Dirty should have been penalties. Anyone else penalty? Mike White getting hit five times after the whistle, and it wasn't even like it was like two seconds after the whistle. It was like ten seconds after the whistle. Nothing. So it's like how many? Yeah. Like if it was anyone else, especially now with Mac Jones being you know the 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 prodigal son of Tom Brady. Like if it's if it's Mac Jones, if it's Josh Allen, if it's I don't know about Tua because you know Tua can't stay healthy anyway. They're getting those calls, and it's just it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's the reason that Zach, that, that that the Jets are in this situation is because Zach got hit after the play. It should have been a late hit. And where was the F? Where is our team? Like, do they not like any of the quarterbacks? I don't know. I mean, Mag- I mean, McGovern started like getting. Uh, he know, got he got in someone's face on one of the plays, and I saw yeah. that. But like, yeah, the whole damn I mean, I was to be on the damn field. I know. Yeah, that 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 that's just crazy to me. But I think that like the Jets are in dangerous territory where people, where everybody's going to start questioning the coaching staff now, and Joe Douglas is going to be on the hot seat too. Um, speaking of uh, questioning the, the coach. yeah, speaking of questioning, yeah, man, we can get right to it. And this is what you know what I, I kind of open with. They do. How how is this stupid and they've been this bad? I, I mean, question as far as is is calling for jobs. A question as as far as what? Well, I don't think anybody's questioning that. Well, well what we're talking about, <laughs> I, I've is, seen it quite Rex, a bit. Is, is Rex Ryan specifically? Rex Ryan saying that uh, that you know his defenses were never this bad. Salah should never be compared to him. 
Um, people were saying that Salah is basically Rex without all the bad stuff. I mean, listen, the issue is, listen, Rex is a media personality now. He probably realizes that he's not going, he's not going to be a head coach anymore. And so he's probably just really leaning into this heel role that he's playing in media. So he's saying all this, and it was very personal, I feel like, with uh, uh, about Salah. Like, he feels some type of way. Like, he has, you know, Salah is basically a younger, probably cleaner version of Rex. So... And, you know, and people were, you know, basically Salah said that if Rex, you know, wants to find him, he knows where to find him. He wants to reach out to him and stuff like that. And I thought that it was a, a perfectly suitable answer. Rex is getting personal. If you were just talking X's and O's, I'm sure Salah would have said, hey, listen, you know, like Rex is a good defensive mind. He's he's had success in this league, but it felt personal. So I think that Salah responded accordingly. I don't know. What did you guys think about the uh, – well, what did you guys think about the comments? And, and secondly, what did you think about the response? They were out of pocket. You had you have no business, no business running your mouth like that. You want to critique his tactics. You want to critique his scheme. You want to critique the play calling. Fair game. So I, I, I we sit here and what do we do every week? We critique decisions. We critique everything. That's perfectly fair. But those comments sounded almost as like it sounded really personal. Like like Salah had like like naked photos of Rex's wife or something personal. But that's feet, just probably. Oh uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, 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 whatever, I'll, I'll drop it at that. But um, no, it, it just, it, it sounded like like Rex was the bitter ex that, that really just wants another shot at it, but knows he'll never get it. And rightfully, you know, rightfully so, he won't get that shot. But it, it's just embarrassing that, to go out there because I think, I think Rex, you know that the media, like the, the pundits and, and everyone's just going to, they're going to ask Rex, Rex just because. They know they'll get the, the, the front page headlines or the, the material that they need to drive home a narrative. Like ESPN was all over those comments. They were all over those comments. I mean, he has a regular Monday spot. Yeah, because of comments like that, though. Yeah. But it's just, it, you know what, you just, he looks bitter. And as far as Robert Sala's, you know, response, rightfully so. Because if Rex would have challenged Sala on the tactics, on whatever, fair game. But the media knew that once Rex made those comments, they knew they can go straight to Sala and re, re, you know, regurgitate what, what Rex said. And it would probably get to some level of personal. And, and it did. And I really do feel like it is personal now. And, and I don't know what that, that means because Rex ain't showing up at the facility. But if, if it did, my money is on Sala. So it, it's just, it, it's embarrassing. And it's like, we, this is stuff that, this is why people say same old Jets because not only are we not winning on the field, we're now losing headlines in the papers as usual. And it's just like, our, really thought this might've been the year at least we'd at least be competitive. We'd lose a lot of games, but we'd be competitive and we wouldn't have to worry about the media starting the circus and, and playing the circus music. But uh, it's what, November, second week in November and or third week in November. And uh, here we are. Yeah. Thanksgiving is next week, which is blowing my mind. Uh, Rex is, let me just start off by saying I, I like Rex as as a coach his first couple of years, three years, four years, whatever. Um, but Rex is Rex is trash for this. <laughs> Plain and simple. Trash. Like you feel in some type of way because other people said this. Like Sala hadn't spoken your name, spoken about you, owned you or anything, and you go out of your way to say what you said and come off as a, a bitter ex. The Jets don't want you. 
Nobody in their right mind wants you. The NFL doesn't want you. The NFL doesn't want you. And for all of you fans who are just clamoring, bring back Rex and Rex was right and Rex was this, y'all are idiots too. Y'all sound just as dumb as Rex. I Listen, I rarely go on rants. I rarely just, just sound off, you know, and, 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 and pull a mad mat. But listen, y'all got to cut this shit out. I am really sick and tired of this revisionist history that y'all got a Rex right. Y'all act like he was just this, this awesome coach who built the Jets from the ground and took them to two AFC championships. And he did this and he, listen, he inherited a lot coming in. He had a top five line, a top five running back, the best cornerback in the league, a good safety, a Pro Bowl middle linebacker. Only thing Rex brought with him was a loud mouth and Bart Scott and Jim Leonard. That's it. The rest was already there. So y'all need to cut this, this nonsense out. Yeah, he did a good job of coaching what he had, and that's easy to do. We've seen plenty of coaches win with other people's players. Look at John Gruden and how he got, got on. That wasn't his team. Look what Steve Kerr has done in Golden State. That wasn't his team either. So, like, y'all got to cut this Rex, this, this savior complex with Rex out because he's he's not what you think he is. Take off the rose-colored glasses when you look at him and see him for what he really is. He's a blowhard who's trying to make you know money in, in the name for himself, who wants to come back, and nobody wants him. He's trash. If he was as good of a coach as he, he proclaims himself to be, he would have got another opportunity somewhere else. Obviously, I know I think Buffalo was it, right? After he that, inherited a good team in Buffalo. I know, I know. And look at what Buffalo's doing now. Exactly. But, like but beyond that, he like, inherited you, good teams and ruined them. They turned the shit when he had his hands on the roster, making the roster. The Jets you, the Jets regressed after those two years. Right? Tremendously. Mark Sanchez regressed after those two years. Sean Green regressed after that. The entire I, people don't re- exactly. You know why he drafted Calvin Pryor instead of Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Because I want the guy that's going to come up and hit you. And now Calvin Pryor watches it. Instead watches of games just like us. Why do you draft Quentin Copels? Because he's an idiot. Because he worked him out in Chapel Hill. Yeah, exactly. And that tells me all I need to know about about Rex. I mean, we went on that streak of what drafting five straight. We, what did we take? Kyle Wilson in 09. I forgot who we took in 10. We took Wilkerson. Wilkerson. And then we proceeded to take three, and then we proceeded to take three. Well, that wasn't all Rex, but yeah, just like all their picks sucked. And I know that that has to do with, but Mike, but Mike T is a GM that 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 takes heavily into account what his head coach wants. So that's why you have three, five techniques on a team. You know, just things like that. Even though Sheldon Richard Richardson was after they uh, was after they uh, were fired, but. Yeah, man, Rex wasn't a good coach. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's a good defensive mind. He's not a good head coach. That's why when he announced, uh, which what year was it? Was it 2018 that he was going to get back into the league? Uh, you know, he was at the combine. I guess he tried to clean up his image a little bit. He didn't get a job. 
there's no reason why bravado. Yeah. Nobody wants a defensive coordinator that's gonna come in there and uh just just cause a bunch of ruckus and make headlines and you know, ride bikes with his twin brother and do all this other silly tattoos of the quarterback. Yeah, it's it's just like he like people really forget. And but I mean I don't even like 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 you you look at some of these fan bases, man, like like they they just they just echo and they and they basically take on the life of like the owners and everything. Jets fans don't even know what it is to to be a good franchise. They don't know what it is to have like a really good quarterback. All they are are blue collar people and blue collar workers that just that just want to be the underdogs. Why do you think they rallied behind Mike White so so easily? Because they haven't had, we haven't seen a, a successful quarterback play ever. Or because most, they just, most they just want, they just want something. They don't even care how it gets done. Jets fans are uh, to the point now where they're becoming, they, they're more knowledgeable than these uh, media college sports analysts and these draft analysts because that's all they look forward to. But like so, they really don't have anything to look forward to. So apply that logic to Rex Ryan, right? Jets fans. The only reason they they scream the 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 praise of Rex is because he had those two good years. We haven't had we had the Rich Kotite era, right? I mean, Mangini wasn't who everyone thought he was going to be, but like you know, he he had some a modicum of success. Herm Edwards had some success, right? But like Jets fans hadn't seen that 9 10 and then ten eleven little stretch right there. They hadn't seen that, so no no wonder they're screaming you know, the praises of Rex because they, they're they're holding on to something that they really haven't seen a lot of. So when you ask a Jets fan who their top coaches in, in, in franchise history are, Rex Ryan's going to be in that top five somewhere just because of that small window of success he had because we hadn't had a lot of success. I think, what was the last time before that? 06 or something like that? Herm Edwards uh, had a pretty deep playoff run. Doug Bryan missed those two field goals, remember? Didn't he test the Verde in like 99 or 2000 when Oakland was... was Yeah, they lost in the AFC Championship game. But remember, the Jets were basically on the way to... They were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl and Doug Doug Bryan missed those kicks. And then what did they do the next year? Like, like they're just just so poorly run. They picked a kicker in the first round. Mike Nugent. My, my like, boy. like that's just like, like that, that, like that's just the Jets, man. That's just, it's just one question Kyle decision after Brady, another. Baby, Kyle, Kyle Brady. Who did we draft over Warren Sapp? Right? Was was that the year Warren? We all wanted Warren Sapp, and and uh, we took Kyle Brady. Of course, yeah. And then I think Mel Kiper's famous little rant is the Jets don't understand the draft, and that's the only time I've ever agreed with Mel Kiper. Yeah, I don't know. I, this team is pathetic. Rex Ryan, it's just a low blow. To, to pick on the, the coach because it's like you don't think that he knows that this defense ain't been playing well. He does. You don't think that he knows that this team's two and seven. You don't think he knows this team has suffered injury after injury after injury. No shit. But but, but my but my but my whole thing is is that like what did people really expect, man? The youngest roster in the league. They, this is the first rebuild that the Jets have ever done. This is the first rebuild that the Jets have done. That I can remember. I think, and, and Tyrus, you'd be able to, to help me out a little bit. I believe that this is the first rebuild, like full-on rebuild they've done since before, uh, since since Parcells. Because, wait, Coltite was after Parcells, right? No, Coltite. No, no. Before, he was 90, yeah, he was 97. So I yeah. think that went, yeah. So I think, yeah, so Parcells, that's when he had those four first-rounders. That's the, That was the last time that they rebuilt like this. So people just have to be patient, man. It's it's probably going to get uglier too. And I mean, at some point, we knew the defense was going to start doing this because 
they uh, they were like, being relied on heavily for yeah. the first couple games. They were and they're, and they're always down. and they're always on the field. We said that though. I think you and me both verbatim said this defense is going to get worn down. We said it's going to get worn down because not only are the Jets the Jets aren't doing anything offensively, they're getting three and outs, but they're losing the field position game on special teams. It's always happening. They're hurting themselves on the drive, then they're punting, and the other team starting on the opposite side of the field, and then they're just driving it down the Jets' throats every time. So I know that the scores the last couple of weeks have been bad, but we haven't even won in special teams. Other teams' average field position is roughly our, the forty yard, their forty yard line to you know from their forty or on our side of the field. Like it, 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 it doesn't end. Like you can't win games. You need to win two out of the three phases of football in order to win a game. And sometimes you will lose a game like that, but you need to typically win two out of three. We aren't winning one. What does everyone expect? Fine, it's got to get a lot uglier before it gets better. It has to get a lot uglier, and I'm perfectly fine with that as long as. They, they draft well again next year, and you start to see some strides. Now, two wins this early in the season, this early in quotes, is great. But now let's show me a little something these next couple weeks because we had the hardest schedule through this week in the NFL based on win percentage. We now have the easiest remaining schedule by win percentage remaining. So go out there and look competitive. I don't need you to win games. But I need you to look competitive and look like a competent football team. And it starts this week against the Dolphins, who have the worst offensive line in football. Like, the worst offensive line. Like, we might think ours is bad, which I think ours has gotten, like, is middle of the pack. But the Dolphins have the worst offensive line. And we have our quote-unquote strong point is our defensive line. So go out there and play your damn asses off. If you lose, but you at least look competent and, and, like, you're, you know, at least prepared to play the game. Jets fans will take that, but can I say with any sanity that it's going to happen? No, I wouldn't be shocked if they put up 35 points against us, but that's, you know, that's me. I would. The worst part about all this is, is Zach isn't playing. And I feel, and I don't know if he's developing or not. I honestly, I'd be able to stomach a lot of this. If one, they had sat Zach to start the season and two, he was getting in now during the easy part of the schedule. So he'd be getting some valuable playing time and development time. So he's not even being developed right now. So I, I think that this is probably. But is he still hurt, though? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, no, I, yeah, taking that into consideration, but I'm just saying that he's not even actually, you know, getting that on field development time. Yeah, but on field development time and sitting and watching development time. Uh, you, yeah, you yeah. I mean, no listen, development happening. Yeah, I mean, listen, we don't, we don't know. You know, we're we're just hoping. We saw Sam, right? We saw Sam come back after sitting on the bench for a little bit, and you That's said true, yourself on the podcast, you said he came out and he looked like a damn professional quarterback against the Packers. No, he, he did, did. I, but I'm just saying we can't assume that. that that's what I mean. That we can oh, just yeah, can't no, assume that. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But, but the hope is, and I'm just saying, like a lot of this would be better if we knew. That he was actually, you know, you know, making strides, which you know, which which I hope he is, man. But it's I just hope he's making mental strides. Yeah, yeah. He's he quoted as as he even saying like after Mike White had his game, you know that that game against the Bengals, like he's quote Zach's quoted as saying he's like, listen, like I gotta change up my approach a little bit. It can't always be like can't always be me trying to stretch the field. Like everyone knows he can make the throws, but sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you, and hopefully. You know, even if that's just a little modicum of of mental, you know, 
progress and, and development, I'm, that, that's fine with me. So we're, we're talking about questionable decisions and just poor choices. The Jets announced today that Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback. So, TK, how does that make you feel? I feel good about it. I really do. Like, first of all, Miami defense, it really gets after it. And, you know, man, people are, are calling for Mike White as if he hadn't thrown six interceptions in two games. As if he had really beat the hell up right now. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand the benefit of trotting him out there if he's not effective either. You still have other players to, to help develop in this offense. You, you still have – I mean, it's, it's about pride, man. Have pride in, in your work. And this is, that's what this is about to me. Like, this isn't, this isn't about – you know, somebody commented to me like, well, put Flacco in, we're not making the playoffs. Who said anything about playoffs? We've been doing that. This team was never making the playoffs. Yeah. I don't, I don't... – so, so it's, but for me, it's, it's all about, you know, developing your guys, getting, getting the guys, you know, who, who's going to be there next year, getting them even more uh, acquainted to the offense, getting them, you know, even more used to the offense. Like Flacco may, you know, he, he's, he's lost some, some athleticism and, and, you know, father time is undefeated. He's gotten older, but he still has a high, very high IQ in the game. And I don't think he'll hold the ball and, and make the same, you know, dumb mistakes that we would see from from Mike or Zach. And you know his 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 skill set fits this fits his offense. He can get get rid of the ball quick, you know, quick short passes. He still can throw the ball deep, you know, pretty decently. And and again, his his IQ. So he'll be able to see different things at the line and and you know help his linemen help his wide receivers, help his running backs. And, and I think that's that's what it's all about, man. So I really have no problems with it. Uh, I, I I was happy for Mike White in the game he had, but, you know, I'm, I'm over the Mike White season. It's not like he's going to be here next year anyways. So, you know, it is what it is. So I don't really care about who the quarterback is because I don't think this is about who the quarterback is in, in any sense. Because if it ain't Zach, it doesn't really matter. Um, you ain't winning games. No one, I, I hope no one thought that that we were going to win a lot of games. I think we all predicted somewhere in the ballpark of four to five wins, maybe if we were lucky. Um, I think you had seven. I think you had seven. I had five or six. I think, yeah, I think I had seven or six. It was six yeah. or seven, but, you know, we was also talking with the health of, this is LaMarcus before Joyner, we lost everybody. Lawson. That's true. So, I mean, those do factor in, in into that. But I, I, getting back to the quarterback thing, it doesn't matter if it's Mike White or Flacco because it just isn't Zach Wilson. So the way I look at this is that this is just an effort for the quarterback to have the best possible game so they can highlight the young players that they have and get them more reps, get them more touches, know that the ball is going to get delivered on time, and, and I really do think Joe Flacco is going to go out there and stretch the field a little bit, and and, and we're going to see we're going to see the playbook get opened up a little bit more because I feel like Joe like when you have younger quarterbacks you can't like you can call a complete game like you can really dive into the playbook, 
but like you don't know if they're going to execute every play, you know, you know, properly or whatever. Joe Flacco is a he's a veteran. You know that he knows what to look for at the line of scrimmage. You know he's going to make the quick read if he has to, check out of a play if he has to, and and, and whatnot. So I really do like. I'm not overly confident about any game. I don't think we – I think I actually was kind of confident about the Colts game, to be honest with you. Like, or, you know, I, I think it was the game that I chose to for us to win, like as the dark horse game for us to win. But um, to be to be fair, I think that the Dolphins are a tough team. They got a great secondary. But I really do think that this is just about seeing what you have in your young players and trying to maximize what they're going to do on the field. And I really do hope that they go out there and, and, and they do – at least try to stretch the field with Elijah Moore. They try to, you know, push push the, you know, push the deep ball a little bit more because I, I don't think we've seen any of that. And I and you know Joe Flacco has the arm for that. I know he's on the older side, but, like, he's got the arm for that. And the dude, when he played last year, we saw him push the ball down the field. He made Denzel Mims look like a superstar in one game. That's why people got so high on Denzel Mims because they saw Donald ain't doing anything for him, but Flacco comes in and Denzel Mims is looking great. So I'm, I'm looking for at least one of the just wide receivers, probably two, two of them to come out there and really, you know, have, have one, this might be the game. Elijah Moore comes out of nowhere. Who knows? This is probably get, Michael Carter. We already know what he is, but this might be a game again where he goes out there and has 150 all purpose yards. But I think that's why they're starting Flacco is just because they know that he'll make all the right reads and all the right plays. Yeah. He might throw a pick. Yeah. He might, whatever, who cares? We ain't supposed to win these games anyway. But I think that the quarterback decision is centered around Joe Flacco giving this offense the best chance to go out there and, and really put on display what they're capable of with competent quarterback play. And I, I hope think they it's smoke Miami. What's the matter? I said I hope they smoke Miami. Uh, honestly, I. It just smoke feels like em. one of those weeks. It feels like one of those weeks where we're so down on ourselves, and we're and we just got our ass kicked, and it's like. Typically, Jets would probably get smashed and destroyed, and, and morale would get destroyed this week. But they'll come out and they'll do something. So I, I don't even know. And I know Tua got confirmed to be the starting quarterback, so that should be interesting too. I picked him yeah, up on Tua, my fantasy squad. Yeah, yeah, Tua's going to play. Uh, they're in Miami. The Jets. I feel like the Jets always like lay a dud at once every two years in Miami or something like that. So I, I don't expect them to win at all. Um, I think there'll probably be some moments. I think Flacco, you know. He'll sling it. I feel like Packers going to be able to throw the deep ball until he's about fifty. He's just just one of those dudes. But yeah, I'm not expecting much from this team, to be real. I it's think uh, we're not expecting anything that they overperform. Yeah. So yeah, but you know what? They haven't done shit the last three weeks. So I don't expect them to start now. Actually, the last four weeks. So I don't expect them to do anything now. Um, what am I looking for from Joe Flacco? I'm, I don't know, push the ball down the field and not throw it to the other team. But, I mean, that, that's going to be hard because guess what? Joe Flacco's even less more. It's like as these quarterbacks have been coming in, they've been less mobile. So you had Zach who gives you a little bit of mobility. Then you got Mike White who can probably, you know, he has some wiggle. I guess he can move a little bit. Joe Flacco's going to be a statue. The Broncos blitz all the time. It could probably get ugly if he doesn't get rid of the ball quickly. Offensive line's got to be on, you know, their, you know, dot their eyes and, and, and cross their T's. Because I don't understand why Greg Van Roten is still playing. My okay. God, they brought in oh, Duvernay Tardif. Why is he still playing? Maybe they, oh, duh. Uh, there's no maybe they what? No F explanation. Maybe may, you know, in my mind, watching the game, I'm thinking maybe they're just making sure he's he's up to speed on the offense. It's been two. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I was just about to say, like yeah, he's also had, he also hadn't played. Joe, Flacco, in, in Joe two Flacco's years. been on the team for two weeks. Okay, but Duvernay hadn't played ball at all. 
He sat the whole year out and didn't yeah. dress this year. So yeah, and he, you know, he said he's fresh. Yeah, I mean, of course he's fresh, but well, he, he dressed he, the last game before he got traded, and, and he he stood there. So I mean, maybe I'm I'm saying to myself watching this game, like maybe they're like, okay, we're gonna make sure he's 100 percent up to speed and ready and 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 good to go because there's just no way Van Rodden should still be playing. No way. If if, if it, like if he's horrible. If next week Zach Wilson comes back and Van Rotten is still playing, they just, it's a death wish. They just don't care. They just don't care. They don't. And there's nothing you can tell me is going to convince me otherwise. They just don't care. Man, I can't see it. I think this might be the game with all the blitzing and and and, and uh, what's his name? Christian Wilkins coming over, probably sliding right over Van Rotten because why not? Because he's a turnstile anyway. This is the game. Where if they go out there, Van Rotten needs to be benched because you we already know what's gonna happen. You know what gets me about about Greg Van Rotten? Like, yes, he he's terrible. He sucks. We know this. He's a turnstile. We know this. But that doesn't really bother me as much as the fact that when somebody scores or does something good, he's the first one to always run up to celebrate. Yeah, because he like, got dude, beat so bad. They doing this in spite of you. Go sit the hell down. Yeah. Well, he knows he's probably, he's put so much bad tape on the on film this year that he's probably not going to be around for much longer. So these like, celebrations are probably going to be some of his last. Like when when Mike you know when Mike White scored the 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 uh, oh he lifted him up right. No, 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 not that one. When he when they threw the ball to him, I think on a two point conversion or whatever it was, and you oh, know yeah. the the. the the, the famous picture we got of Mike White laying out with his arms spread out. And when he does that, you see Van Rodden slide in like he's sliding in the home plate. I was like, why the fuck? Are, why are you the one doing it? Go that's sit the, down. The slide protection he's had all year. That Right. That's the only slide he's good at. <laughs> dude, dude slide into the right when the quarterback's saying slide left. So, I mean, at least he was able to slide at the quarterback this time. Who, who knows? And I just can't with, with, with him. It's just it's beyond me. And you know what the, the worst part of this is, is that like in, in our free agency preview that we'll probably do inevitably late, like later this year, we were all sitting there thinking, hey, you know, why Teller is going to be available. Maybe Joel Batonio will be, you know, some guy that's available. Jack Conklin, pretty much the whole damn Browns offensive line, you know, nope. <laughs> you know, and uh, who si- who signs two big deals in the same week? Oh, Joel Batalio and uh, and Wyatt Teller, Wyatt huh? Teller. And you know, oh, yeah. And you sure as hell know Brandon Scherf ain't coming here after this dumpster fire of a year. Oh, or may or maybe he comes and just comes to collect his seventeen million dollars a year. That's probably what it's going to cost. And then oh, you, it oh, sucks. You mean like Corey Davis came to collect his twelve and a half. I'm I'm still not out on Corey Davis. I'm sorry. I really am not either. I don't think he's as bad as he's been playing. I think it's it's it's. I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. It's just a Jets. I think it's a Jets thing. It's, I don't think it's, it's a, a rough Davis year. Thing. I, I do think if if Flacco finishes the year out, he'll have a thousand yards. Who cares if he has a thousand yards? It's seventeen games. He better I'm just, have a thousand yards. I'm, I'm just saying. He's missed games. He struggled. I'm he's saying the, the second half turnovers. of the season. The second half of the season, he's gonna look like he deserves a twelve and a half million. That's my point. He's responsible for four turnovers, like, by himself. Like, the fumble – actually, no, I think he has two fumbles. So, five turnovers. 
He's responsible for two fumbles and I think three picks. One tip, no, two in the Patriots game alone. That's $12.5 million. He's a solid number two. But I know we're all against taking wide receivers in the first round, but like. You can't take a wide receiver no. in the first round. No, no, not, not when you're us. But I'm yeah. saying when you're an established team, like you can. But like if you ain't going to take one, you got to go out there and you got to actually find one. And that you can't lock up that much money into wide receivers. So it's like it's such a it's, – it's such a bad position to be in because I really thought the depth of this team was that wide receiver. And I still do. I don't think they're as bad as it's, they've been playing. I think the quarterback play has been marginal at best. Cole can catch his ass off. Why the hell ain't he in all the time then? I don't know. Like, he, he's made some great catches. Even Where the, the non-catches. Huh? Where's Crowder been? I mean – Elijah Moore is taking over like we had hoped he would, though. I, like, I mean, Crowder has, well, I think, five targets last week. Caught three for, catches for, for like 20 yards. For 20 yards. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the plays, cause, and I got Crowder in a couple of leagues, so I'm, I'm really honing in on him. It's like they're not even looking to his side. So, you know, that could change the Flacco, who has a better grasp of, of the game and, and – you know, looking at the whole field. Hopefully you got to so. go this week. You got to go four wide. Michael Carter in the back because Michael Carter has proved that he can block from the backfield. He's proved that he can be a three down back and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Him and Javante are probably two the two best rookie running backs this year. So you got to go four wide with Flacco and you got to get some damn bubble screens when they send the heat. You got to get some quick underneath routes and then you got to dice up that defense with the play action. Just got to do it. You got to do it. It's a simple game plan for a team that blitzes. And you know what the funny thing is, is that for us who we get beat by screens all the time, because all we do is either blitz on stupid plays or our defense can't diagnose it fast enough. Go out there and do it to Miami because that Miami is the, is a mirror image defensively with the exception of the fact that they have some good corners. Which means that the Jets are going to struggle. Because Xavier Howard negates Corey Davis. They don't have anyone that could cover Elijah Moore in the slot. Yeah, but you could scheme that up. You could bracket him. You could have you could have man underneath and and have a safety and have a robber over the top. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. so this, this is the game I think Elijah Moore might actually pop off. I'm going to say it every week because he scored a touchdown in the last three. He has four touchdowns in the last three weeks. And I'm going to keep saying it every week is that it's going to happen. All, all the Jets, I mean, think about it. Elijah Moore early in the year, Zach Wilson just hits him in stride against the Patriots. He has a 100-yard game there. Like, like I, don't, I don't know. All they need is marginal QB play for the and, and the wide receivers to get to a yard of separation. And sometimes it just looks like they can't even do that. And it's it's – Pretty damn sad. Yeah, they can't do the simplest things, man. I don't know. It, this team takes so much men, mental – like, they talk about mental horsepower. Like, that was the, the phraseology that they used early in the year. Well, my mental horsepower to support this team every week is, like, dwindling, and it's the third <laughs> week of November. Yeah, I have the horsepower of a Prius right now. Oh, my God. I got a horsepower yeah, one of those fat tire bikes with a motor. Yeah, yeah. No, like, no, it's I'm going, I got, like, two bad. horsepower. I get hit by a car, I'm dead. So it's like, like I don't know, man. If we get hit by a freight train this week, if two of – first of all, 
I'm going to say it. I don't think Tua is as bad as everyone thinks he is. I think he's a he's an above average game manager, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exactly I think that, that is able to win games. It really Baker is. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield took the Browns to the playoffs last year. They're, they're, most of them, are, listen, man. Baker Mayfield has too much talent not to. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we're being real. You know, we're probably going to get sidetracked a little bit. There's only seven elite QBs in the NFL. Everybody else is either a game manager, above game manager, or you're trash. Can we all agree? Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I think there's like a tier below the elite guys, but I think that that's only – Yeah, fair. those are the above-average – game. Yeah, the above-average game managers, the Ryan so Tannehills, like the Carson Wentz. Yeah. 10 to 11, seven, seven elite elite quarterbacks, and then like three or four above average, and then like everyone else is a game manager or doo-doo. Yeah, exactly. So – it's okay if you're game managers. Game managers, like, I mean, if Tom Brady didn't exist, game managers would be winning a bunch of Super Bowls. Justin Herbert's a GOAT, by the way. He's going to be one of the best of all time. He, I'm not. Uh, I ain't saying He's that. inconsistent oh, as hell. He's, sorry, inconsistent. he's inconsistent as hell. No. No. Uh, listen. I, when you I, set the bar that high, it, it, it's, it, everything looks like inconsistency. No, literally, look at his play. It's, it's been inconsistent. Yeah, I was about to say he's been inconsistent this year. Dude. I mean, I, he, he still has listen, good numbers. I'm he in, still has really good numbers. I'm but. in five money leagues, right? And I have I have him and Keenan Allen as a stack in four of them. Trust me when I tell you, he has been inconsistent. Like I, I mean no, I, I don't right. I don't deny that. And I know we're sidetracked, though. I don't deny that he's been inconsistent, but I'm just saying down the line in year three, like this is year two, he set the bar so high in his rookie season that I'm everyone fully expected a potential sophomore slump from Justin Herbert. But when he's good, he's great. He's top five or top seven great player at quarterback position. But when he's inconsistent, obviously it looks bad. But the king of inconsistency is Baker Mayfield, and that's by like the widest of margins. You have to be consistent to be Inconsistent, yeah. And he Baker has never. I tell you what, though, I'll take I'll take Justin Herbert's quote unquote inconsistent years because he has nineteen to seven TD to the interception. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, he has a yeah. he has a ninety six QB rating. So yeah, like yeah. you know, when when he's good, he's good. But like you'll have, you know, a couple games where he's lights out, and then he just he just knows that he is know? gonna be. He go he goes for four hundred and four touchdowns one week, and then less than two hundred with a, a pick the next week. You know, it's like he's he's very up and down, man. So once he gets gets through that, yeah, he, he'll be all right. I'll take it right now. I'll take it that damn much. Yeah, I was just about to say that, and I, I don't understand how they went from Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert. And how did the Packers yeah. go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, at least at least. At least at least, at least they drafted Aaron Rodgers. You know, like everybody else passed on him, and they drafted him, and then he sat. So that doesn't really bother me. But then, yeah, but then they went from Peyton, then the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and even now they even got Wentz, who's you know who you catch him on the right Sunday, he'll be good. I just don't understand how the Jets do it. But how you feeling going into this Miami game? Give me some. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but what do you guys feel are some paths to victory? Where do you think the Jets can carve out? And actually be ahead. Be ahead. Well, well, where do they have the advantage? <laughs> uh, nowhere. I still think the defensive front 
it has the advantage. Um, on paper, yeah, on paper, yeah. Um, the Dolphins have the worst offensive line in football. Yeah, so, so that's a default. So I mean, you know, that that's one aspect of it. Also, like they they're down to uh, Mac Hollins and, and and PJ Williams at wide receiver. So, you know, I'm not saying we have the advantage as far as the secondary, but it, it shouldn't be what we saw last week. This should not be a massacre at all, but it will be. But, you know, other than that, I'm, everything else is a toss-up. Everything. You'd think maybe I could say, like, I could get away with, like, Okay, Xavier Howard is going to lock down Corey Davis, but like everywhere else, like every other wide receiver from from two to two to four, is you know whatever we'll have the advantage. Crowder will have the advantage over Igbenogany or whatever his name is. Uh, Elijah Moore will have the advantage over whoever the hell their second corner is, and 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 so on. But I just don't see it. I really do think. I don't, what what defensive front do they run? Do they run a three four or four three? Three four. Three four. Yeah, they run some multiple in there because Flores does. You know, he's from Belichick, but they're at three fourteen. Because if they were if they were smart, they'd go four men down and just just bully Van Rotten. Because they got the, the when you have a corner like Xavier Howard who's just going to take away one half of the field essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you can afford to just go an extra extra rusher, which is probably why they blitz so much. You can afford to go an extra rusher and then just bully Greg Van Rotten through the a gap. But that 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 is exactly the game plan. If I'm them, that is what I'm doing every play. I, do they have Raekwon McMillan? They do, right? That, that's their middle linebacker? They do. Uh, yeah. The A-gap blitz every time. Line them up with the thing, drop one of them into coverage, the other one right through the A-gap because Van Rotten's not going to know what to do. That's what, if, I, if, that's, if, if I'm Miami, that's the easiest game plan I bet uh, you'd ever come up with. This could be a massacre. It could be a close game. But I'll tell you, it's, I, I don't think it's going to be some high-scoring affair. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. But who knows? I could be wrong. For all I, last three weeks, LaFleur has been calling a hell of a game. The execution hasn't been good, though. Maybe Flacco comes in and he executes the game at the highest level we've seen thus far. And that's saying something because Josh Johnson came in and threw for 314 yards in three and a half quarters. You know, so maybe maybe Flacco comes in and he puts up some some really good numbers. Maybe it is a shootout. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, where do I think that we have the advantage outside of the, the pass rush, which we ha- has been almost non-existent the last three weeks? Nowhere. But how do you neutralize a, a heavy blitzing team? Tunnel screens. Misdirection. Yep, tunnel screens, misdirection, running back screens, quick out routes. couple draws here and there. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I, I I noticed. You know who runs the best trap play in the NFL? The Patriots, and they do it. They did it to us. I think seven times in the last game we played, where all you see is essentially the the guard bail and then come across come across and just kind of what what is that block called? Like a comes across the 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 guard bails to the second level and then he just pancakes. It's, it's yeah. It's called like a wham block where you yeah. leave one guy at the end. Yeah. Yeah. They, they run it so well. You know what I have? That That is my favorite. Like in Madden, that's my favorite play because it works every time. What, the power we O? Not have, huh? The power O? Yeah, power yeah. O with a trap. Just yeah. a trap play. Why don't we run? Like I know you can't uh, – it, it, I know you can't have Van Roten coming across 
but you can have. I think AVT is fast enough to get across. Why don't we yeah. have a like that? I don't know because I think I think their philosophy is the is the zone scheme. So a lot of their so I guess the base of their that's a power of their philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To, to be honest, I, I don't really know the Shanahan system like that, but I believe that the um, a lot of their concept comes off of the zone play. So like their misdirections and things like that. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they have some power and trap stuff in there. But if you had Beckton, if you had Beckton back at left tackle, like you gotta throw in some power, power stuff. Like they, you run the ball to the left all the time. But I mean, getting back yeah. to the quick point is that, that we don't have an advantage anywhere outside of maybe the front seven. And that's if that they can get home, which I don't know. They they they'll, they'll probably disappoint and underperform. Yeah, I think I think um, what they have to do is some of the keys to victory. Uh, they have to control the vertical game. You have to get to Tua because if not, they they've been trying to get the ball to Jalen Waddle. Now he's starting to emerge a little bit. Um, Devontae Parker is always giving the Jets trouble. Uh, I don't I don't fear yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah, oh, Parker, right? Yeah, Parker. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think this is a game that the, that the Jets could win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by three touchdowns. Like That's I really don't even have like, – yeah, like I don't – like they could win or they can get – they could win by a small margin or they can get blown out by three or four touchdowns. On defense, they just, they just have to know what they're doing. They just really have to know what they're doing. And if the D-line doesn't get at least four or five sacks and, and you know – hit Tua early because I think that with Tua and, and that's just with anybody, not just Tua. If you hit him early and if you get him off his spots, very pedestrian and he'll, you know, he'll have a game where he's 11 for 25 for, you know, <laughs> a touchdown and three picks. So you just got to get him and rough him up early. But if they don't do that, I can see Miami just running them all the way out there. And, you know, it's in Miami, so it's still kind of hot down there and humid. So the defense can't be on the field the entire game. It's in Miami. Then they'll just start. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was in New York. I thought they were going on a home stretch. Yeah, it's it's in New York uh, because the following game they play in Houston. Oh damn! All right, my bad. I thought it was. Uh, let me see. I don't think that's going to change anything you said. Well, it will about the um, um, the, the, the you know it being yeah it being humid and the defense. But I, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, this one, yeah, this one is in. This one is in New York. I think that you're right, though. Like, uh, Tua, Tua can pro- – I wouldn't say – I think the word carve is a little too much, but Tua could definitely put up some numbers if you don't hit him. Like, he's an accurate quarterback. He's going to find the guy, but you got to get after him. You got to get him off his spot. He's not a mobile guy. So, you push the damn pocket. Like, it, 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 you're going against the worst offensive line in football. Push the damn pocket. Make him uncomfortable. Make him go 12 for 24 or whatever the hell you want to do. And execute. I don't, I don't think that, you know, the Jets' defense is over going to be overwhelmed like they were last week against the Bills, like from a talent perspective, because no Devontae Parker. Their best wide receiver is what? Who, who is it? Matt Collins? I would say Waddle, but yeah. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Waddle. But if the Jets learned anything from last week, just bracket them, mm-hmm. if anything. Yeah, and then it's Matt Collins, yeah. Then it's Matt Collins, and I trust our guys, even though we lost that close to the IR. The biggest problem is Mike Gusecki. He's catching everything. Oh, my God. Don't that's, I'm that's putting him in be, on fantasy. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest problem. And we've struggled with tight ends repeatedly, so it is. What it is. Listen, man, I, I really don't have a, a final score or a 
win loss prediction. I just want to say I just hope it's not an embarrassment. That's 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 where we're at right now. I got a final score prediction for you. Go for it. 28-21 Dolphins. Not as bad as last week. I think Joe Flacco, I, I think I, I think I said in the group chat, I got Elijah Moore going for six, six receptions, about 110 yards and a touchdown, maybe two. But I think Flacco's gonna come and he's gonna run the offense well. But I don't think he's going to put, put up Mike White against Cincinnati numbers, but I think he'll run the offense well enough that we can look and we can say, okay, we know what we got in Elijah Moore. We know what we got in Michael Carter, even though we kind of know already, but it, reinforcing what we already know. I have it. I see it 27 14, Miami. Okay. Flacco, Flacco has a, a touchdown per half, throws one bomb. Michael Carter has a big game, but it's all for naught. But they look competitive for maybe uh, the first half. Yeah, maybe. And then we all overreact and Rex Ryan rips Salah a new one on first take or something. I'm not overreacting. I, I didn't. You no, guys no, no, no. Saying, I'm, saying yeah. the, I'm saying the fans. Fans overreact. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I feel silly for saying that they could win five games. But we'll see. This uh, is I easy. feel dumb. So, and then yeah, we just look forward to, to the stretch of terrible teams that we're going to play in Houston and the well, the Eagles have looked better as of recent. Listen, Houston is home. If they if they lose to Houston, I'm I'm probably not watching it the game. Well, if they lose to Houston, we 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 sitting pretty in the second pick, baby. Listen, yeah. right now, I I'm looking at tickets. I was looking at tickets before we got on, and I can get I can get the fifty yard line. On the on the ground level right now for about 140 bucks. Shit. Okay, you want to fly me down there? Nah, nah, I can't do that. Why? You saving so much money on tickets? <laughs> hey man, when you got five kids, there's no such thing as saving money. It's, <laughs> it's just moving it around. I, I hope they're not all Jets fans, man. Uh, no, actually, nah, man. I got, I got. Three that don't really don't watch football. You know, one of, one of my daughters, she's a Steelers fan. She, you know, and then my son, he he's a a player fan. Like he loved Cam, and all of a sudden now his his favorite player in the world is is uh, Denzel Ward. So he he well before Denzel it was um it was Miles Garrett because Miles. You know, Garrett loves dinosaurs. You remember I was, you know, my son did yeah. the uh, Dinosaur Discovery had his uh, YouTube show. So he loved Miles Garrett, and now it's Denzel Ward. So kids got good taste in players, though. Unfortunately, yeah. they're all Browns, but yeah, he see, you know, he see me watching the game. Like it could be kickoff. He walk in. So how bad y'all losing? I'm, I just like go upstairs. Just go upstairs, oh, son. But uh, yeah, man. So again, hopefully we don't get embarrassed, man. And you know, I'm just looking forward to a, a good game. I don't want to see a, re- a repeat after of uh, Buffalo. So hopefully they, they pull it to together. A good game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, win or lose, I, I want it to be a good game. You know, hit 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 the points of AVT getting off, Elijah getting off, Michael Carter, Michael Carter the second. 
quitting, you know, like showing everybody showing life and showing the ability to play and not laying down. And and I'm good with that. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. That that's what that's what we are now. Yeah, man. That's who we are. So yeah. So you you guys got any any other thing you need to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, I'm good. What about you, man? Uh I just uh, I left the game early last week because I couldn't take it. I just just hope I don't turn the TV off because I couldn't take it this week because I don't know I might question my fandom and look for a new team. Just kidding, but you know. Yeah, I got you. Well, man, uh, I really don't have anything, man. Just I'm tired of getting embarrassed and, and, and ready for a change. So, with that being said, on behalf of Mr. Mari Brown, on behalf of Mr. Matthew Freeze. On behalf of myself, the entire Flight Deck podcast, this has been episode number 45, and we look forward to having good news for episode 46. So, as always, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Let's go Jets.